Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to Neurodetergent. And this is Katie. Our goal is to reach like-minded folks in an effort to connect, encourage, and support each other in our struggles navigating life with neurodivergence. And, and to have some fun and laughs, laughs yes. along the way, Katie. Okay. <laughs> if you've got a stubborn stain on your atypical brain, you need neurodetergent. We're gonna spill the tea about ADHD and wipe it Here we are. Hello. Episode number two. How do you feel, Katie? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so this episode, we are going to discuss dating. Dating. And our experiences dating as neurodivergent mm-hmm. ADHD people. Um, and I believe next week we're going to discuss relationships. So we're going to get a little bit more deep into it at that point. But for those of you who maybe this is your first episode, here's a little background on who we are. My name is Eric and uh, I have a little bit of experience doing podcasting in the past. Um, I'm in management and leadership development is a passion of mine. Uh, Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself real quick. My name's Katie. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Uh, I work on online platforms. Um, Two different ones. Uh, I specialize in religious trauma. Um, I specialize in working with folks who are neurodivergent and who are uh, LGBTQIA+. Um, And my pronouns are they, them. And... Let's go. (laughs) And and I apologize. I think I might have referred to you as a girl um, in the last episode. And... That's okay. I got to tell you, Katie, it is difficult to unlearn a lot of behavior that's ingrained in you mm-hmm. uh, throughout your entire life. So please bear with me. And if I do misgender you in the podcast, it's not intentional. I understand. Okay. I am female presenting. Female presenting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about that just for a second? Yeah. Go for um, it. You've told me before that you're non-binary. What does that mean to you? Um, so for me, cause it's, it means like different things for different people. I will say that for me, um, I, I would describe myself as non-binary. Uh, I feel like gender non-conforming is probably a good way to describe that. Um, it's, it's, uh, sort of just, um, I don't want to be defined by my genitalia. Okay. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, similar, like, I have a similar reason for feeling, uh, or for being poly. Not wanting to be um, sort of defined by my sexuality. Not wanting to be defined by my gender identity. Okay. And that being said, you date uh, all genders, correct? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I say that I'm queer, or I say sometimes that I'm bi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I guess maybe pan. I don't know. I just, I'll... I'm just happy to be there. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all just happy to be here. Yes. Um, but uh, so at what point did you make that distinction for yourself? Or has this been a kind of a... Um, so like uh, we have we kind of had have similar childhood experiences where um, we were both kind like a little bit bullied for being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I would say I was bullied, but my siblings often called me gay. 
right? Okay. Like, before I really even knew what sexuality was, um, I remember at one point I was, like, upset. My grandma picked me up and put me on her lap, and she said, like, you're just a, a boy trapped in a girl's body. Oh. I know. And so um, <clears throat> I didn't have the realization that I was not straight uh, or that I was um, – non-binary or poly probably until about two years ago i thought i was just an ally just an ally i just thought i created my entire career i just like i really created my entire career around being an ally without knowing really how i identified or stopping to even think about it or consider it i'm glad you brought that up because (laughs) you had mentioned that you and i both had similar experiences being bullied for being gay Mm -hmm. um i'm interested in women yeah. I've exclusively dated women. I've never been in any kind of situation with another man. But when I was a kid, there were a lot of rumors that were started about me in the small town that I grew up in that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And I was bullied uh, relentlessly yeah. for that. And I think it gave me some level of empathy okay. for especially young people. That are struggling with their sexual identity. Yeah. And um, so, you know, pretty much my entire adult life as well, I've been an ally. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really, I mean, that's kind of where that comes from. Okay. So (laughs) let's get into it. Dating. All right. You're 39. I am. Well, yeah, I am 39. And I'm 41. Yeah. Okay. And uh, both of us. Fairly recently re-entered the dating scene, right? I got divorced last year. Um, Yeah, I three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. And before that, I'd been 22. 22 since you were single. So (laughs) what was your approach to dating as a (laughs) non-diagnosed... neurodivergent um in your early 20s before you met your yeah spouse my ex yeah um so gosh i think that the first time i went on a date was probably two like three years ago really um because i i mean i had relationships in my 20s and in my like late teens um i did not go on a date I didn't go on a date, single date. How did you meet people? I mean, was it just hanging out yeah. and just that like, turns into fucking and then yeah, all of a sudden much. you're in a yeah. relationship? Yeah. So wow. um, whenever I was 16, I dropped out of high school uh-huh. and then I moved to Ozark uh, with a friend and I lived there for a little while. Uh, and then I met a guy um, who lived in a house and I started living with him and I lived there for about three years. And then I moved out of there, and then I moved in with a friend, and then I ended up moving to Tybee, where my family lived, um, for about a year, and then I moved back here. And then, uh, yeah, so I kind of just spent a lot of time moving around and partying and having a good time. That's interesting. Um, So, like, my experience has been mostly dating. Yeah. So I'll let you in on a secret. Katie, I don't know if this is a secret. I may have told this to you before, but I've only ever had two relationships that lasted more than a year. Um, (laughs) And one of those wasn't even one of my marriages. Okay. So my first marriage only lasted eight months. Oh. Right. 
I don't think I knew that. It was a whirlwind romance. And we didn't really date much. I was 30. Okay. So, yeah, this was within the last 10 years or so. Okay. Um, my la- my second marriage, my most recent marriage, uh, lasted about three years and we had dated for a year before that. But in between my first marriage and my second marriage, I did have one relationship that lasted close to two years. Okay. Um, and that's it. What do you make of that? Um, I don't know. Maybe I have commitment issues, but <laughs> <laughs> when you look at it from maybe an ADHD standpoint and what my approach to dating was like in my early 20s and into my 30s, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. What was because, the- first of all, I worked in the bar business. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I was around a lot of people, a lot of women, mm-hmm. um, a lot of booze and other things. So, you know, I would meet a girl and I would think she's awesome. And yeah. so we would start seeing each other. I'd ask really her like to, quick to go out and hang. No, no, not at all. Okay. Absolutely not. That's the thing. I would meet a girl. Things would be awesome. And she's cool. And things are fine. And we're hanging out. And we're getting, you know, yeah. intimate with each other. And then I would meet another girl that I think was awesome. Yeah. And I would have this, this dilemma because I'm like, well, I'm seeing this one girl. But I like this other girl. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't date both of them at the same time, right? Because that wouldn't make sense. That would be yeah. crazy. No one would ever go for that. Um, so I would always end up dumping that first girl. How would you to, dump them? Um, so you got to understand that these these little mini relationships would last maybe one to three months. Okay. So it was never... It was never, like, enough time to get that invested. Were they invested? Some of them were. Okay. Yeah. Um, But I never really did get that invested in a lot of the relationships that I've been in. Yeah. Um, And that's just how I am. I don't know if that's a character flaw or not. (laughs) Probably (laughs) is. I I mean, do you you find it flawed? Like, when you are talking about it? I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> At all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's like you had mentioned polyamory earlier. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those things right now that because I'm single again, and you know, I'm 41. So Ooh. if there's anything that I want to learn about myself, now is the time. Yeah. I feel. Okay. So that's one of those things that I'm really have been exploring is like non-traditional relationship types, non-monogamy, things like that. Can I ask um, you a question? Sure. All right. So if, if like, if maybe something that held you back from like relationships getting more intimate, like emotionally intimate was mm-hmm. that you would meet another girl that you would find attractive or that you would like, and you'd want to date them too. Right. And so you'd break up with the one you were dating. Um, in order to date the new right, one. Right, because in my head, I'm like, well, I can't. So, let me ask you a question. Then, do you think, like, moving forward from here, if you are able to date them both, because, like, they're poly, uh-huh. uh, then, like, do you think it'll be scary kind of moving towards emotional intimacy in that way? Because, like, that will leave room for that where it hasn't in the past. I'm not sure. That's a good question. And and I guess it's one of those maybe we're just going to have to wait and see kind of things. Do you things. want that? <laughs> I mean, I want to be 
with someone for a long time. I want to have a partner. Do you want? I think that's intimacy? normal. Emotional, absolutely. Okay, I do. Okay, you know, um, I think you can get that with people that aren't necessarily a romantic partner. Though. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I, I would love that. <laughs> okay, but I've also learned. I feel like I've learned a lot about myself um, over that time that I spent away. And married and kind of moved around a lot and kind of left the the friend group that I was used to and then just recently came back. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot has changed. And now that I'm dating again Mm -hmm. in my 40s, I'm approaching it kind of from a place of being a little bit more honest with myself and with potential partners what do you feel like what are what are the top three things for you like uh if like you match with somebody and you both are like showing a lot of interest like what what's like the top three things you feel like is important for them to know about you going forward like let's say you've met you're gonna go on date number two like you're feeling feelings they're Mm -hmm. feeling feelings like what are three things like okay you need to know these three things about me um well that's kind of um just recently been something that I've been thinking about a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the top three things is that I'm definitely not really in a place right now to be anything super serious with anyone. Okay. You know, I mean, I just got divorced over the summer. Right. Does that mean, like, that you're not in a place to be emotionally intimate? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. Okay. But what I would tell you is <laughs> Sorry. That, no, you're fine. Uh, it's just getting um, too therapist-y. No, you're fine. Okay, cool. What I would tell you is that my current goals okay. don't align with cohabitation. Okay. I hear financial that. Financial entanglement. Oh, yeah. Uh, co-parenting. Yeah. You know, I I don't have any children now. I don't really... Yeah. I feel like that's not something it's, that it's I want to do. solo poly. Like sounding a lot, right, exactly. like, pretty aligned with But that. I'm going to tell you, Katie, I don't like the word polyamorous and if you if you haven't noticed i don't say it a lot like you don't like like the way it feels in your mouth right it's like the word moist for some people okay you don't I, like so saying it. i would like... prefer non-monogamous well that's different right is it i mean it's i think it would be under the umbrella but why do i have to put a label on it you don't? do you think it's important to put a label it's for on me it, it is mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't have to be for you if you don't want to put a label on it like you shouldn't have to um, like, I know that people are very, like, there's a lot of people out there that are very anti-label. Um, I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty nonconformist, so, like, <laughs> labels are not fun for me either. But I think that, um, it, it's helpful for me if I say, uh, by the way, I'm solo poly, or by the way, uh, I'm non-binary, this is what this means. By the way, I'm neurodivergent, this is what this means for me. This is mm-hmm. what it means for you as a partner or a potential partner. Um, and so, like... If I say I'm neurodivergent or I, if I say I'm like non-monogamous or polyamorous or this or that, it's like, yeah, um, I need – if like somebody's interested in me, they're going to want to know more information and I'm going to want to tell them. So hopefully right. like that makes sense. No, it, does, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But so the other thing – so that would be the, the main thing okay. is that I'm not interested in like a monogamous type of situation. Okay. Um, and, and you're not interested – where you're not looking for like a serious. Correct. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you telling me or are you? Yeah, I'm telling everyone. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I would say the next thing is that, you know, I am neurodivergent and I have learned a lot about myself just over the last year. Okay. And that I think you're going to need to, 
if you want to continue or if you want to see me on a regular basis, there's some things about me that I should probably let you know up front so it doesn't come as a surprise to you later. Okay. As if, you know, hey, we're talking and having a conversation and you're accusing me of not listening to you. Or, Have you I know, accused you no, no, oh. I'm just saying okay, in general. Okay, sorry, for a second I was like, what? You've never <laughs> accused uh, okay. me of not listening to you, Katie. But again, you and I kind of operate on the same wavelength. And I think that we expect a lot of the same things from each other as far mm-hmm. as how we interact and how we right. behave with each other. Whereas other people might find it off-putting yeah. or asshole-ish almost. I mean, here's the thing, though. Because, like, I do think that, like, we do operate on a similar wavelength. Mm-hmm. And with each other... Um, there's a lot that we, uh, or like, there's a lot of ways that we engage that like, we get it. Right. Exactly. Um, however, that is not the case for everybody for me. And like, there are ways that I have to make compromises. Right. Right. And like, so, so I guess like, um, is what you're saying is like up front moving forward, you wanted people to be like. This is who I am. No, not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> not necessarily. This is who I am, and you have to deal with okay. it. It's this is who I am, and please know that if you're feeling ignored or like I'm, you know, look at my phone, or or if I do something that makes you feel like I am not paying attention to you, that it's not intentional, and if you bring it to my attention, it's something that I can work on. Okay. Um, but I'm going to need some grace from you. How like that's you kind of how me, I would phrase that. How would you want me to bring that to your attention? So like if I am with you and I'm talking to you and you pull your phone out. Ollie. <laughs> it's my dog. Someone must be walking in front of the Ollie. yard. If any of um, you can hear. Him. So if, if, if like we're hanging out and you pull your phone out and I want to convey to you that like, Hey, I'm in the middle of something. I'm selling you something. Can mm-hmm. you like pay attention to me for a second? How would you want me to do that? I honestly would like you to say it like that. Okay. Hey, can you pay attention to me for a second? Okay, yeah. I'm uh, talking. Maybe, or, not you know, maybe not me. be, yeah, don't snap. Maybe don't not snap. be like a super dick, dick about it, but just be like, hey, I'm, this is important to me. Let's have this yeah. conversation or something like that. Yeah. And and those are kind of like, a, like important. That word is kind of like a trigger word for yeah. me, not in a bad way. But it's like, if you say what I'm about to tell you is important, then yeah. I'm going to know as a cue that this is something I need to really yeah. focus in on and pay attention to. Just like you've told me in the past that maybe you have a hard time figuring out, like maybe if someone's flirting with you or if right. I don't, things I like don't, that, you yeah. want to be told. Decoding passive right. communication or passive language is really hard for me. Like if somebody is trying to tell me something or if somebody needs me to know something, they have to just go, Katie. Right. This is the way it is. You need to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, cool. If somebody's trying to like flirt with me and it's really passive and indirect, I'm like, I don't, it goes over my head. I don't know. I don't read it. I don't read it as that. I'm like, "Mm." I just, it's like, I'm making hand gestures. Yes. And and like, obviously that's, (laughs) (laughs) it's not going to be conveyed. But I think, you know, Maybe that's a little bit different for me because I have spent a lot of time in the dating world. And Mm -hmm. so I think I'm sometimes pretty good at picking up on cues as when it's okay to make a move or not without like just flat out asking someone, hey, can I kiss you? But there's been times I've done that too. It just – it really just have to kind of – Read the room and, and I need somebody to always ask. Hey, I've I've gone for it with people that I misread the situation, and then you get the the face turn, and you're like, ooh, 
Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I always want somebody to ask. I know that like a lot of people are like, that's a mood killer. That's this. And I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. I won't read it. I won't know. The very first girl is actually the girl I lost my virginity to. Uh, she, <laughs> How old she, are you? 16. 16. Okay. Yeah. And she was 16. We, we went to school together and okay. we worked together. Uh, at at Subway. Oh, <laughs> I never worked at Brahms. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, she <laughs> told me that she thought it was sexy if a guy asked yeah. to kiss them. Yeah. And I've always like taken that to heart throughout my entire yeah life since Good. then. She kind of taught me how to kiss too. That's, you should appreciate that. I do. I do appreciate it. Um, and I think it's important that when it comes to things like kissing and being intimate, that you really pay attention to how things are responded to. And then you, you know, use that to inform how you're going to move forward. Yeah. Um, I usually am pretty upfront. I just say like, I need you to be really direct. And like, if somebody's, if somebody's not comfortable with that, then like, we're probably not going to be compatible. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of, some of the more failed interactions and relationships that I've had with women, however short they were, could have been improved had I taken that approach. Had you been more communicative? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, <clears throat> life and dating and relationships are a learning experience. So. Yeah, it's not. I, I, uh, it's. I forget that it's supposed to be fun sometimes. And I think a lot of people might forget, like, oh, it's, this part's supposed to be the fun part. And I'm like, it feels like a lot. Truer words, Katie. And that's kind of how I've been approaching it this yeah. time around. Is like, this is supposed to be fun. I'm not going to have any expectations with anybody that I meet. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't work out and maybe you aren't feeling it or I ain't feeling it, it's there's no hard feelings. Like, yeah. I mean, it's been pretty easygoing for me lately as yeah. far as those things go. So guess when my last date was? What's today? Sunday. Thursday. No. This morning. Oh. How'd it go? (laughs) It went good. It went good. Uh, What's funny is that um, this is a person who is just now exploring polyamory Uh and came out of a very strict religious upbringing, Mm -hmm. which is becoming really common among the women that I talk to online and meet. Um, yeah. Do you think it's geographic? Do you think it's because of where we are? Or do you think it's something about you? I don't know. I mean, that's a good <laughs> question, though. Yeah. I mean, I, it feels like maybe I have a type. But yeah. I'm, But I think for sure it the geographic location has to be a factor. Absolutely. Because we live in, in the Bible Belt. Yeah. Right? Um, there's, I mean, the town I grew up in is a little over an hour away and there's more churches than pretty much anything else in that town. Do you think it's more religious there than it is here? I know it's more racist. I would say per capita. Yes. (laughs) I mean, of course there's probably going to be more churches in this town, this city that we're in now versus a small town, but I would say per capita there's, it's definitely more religious. Um, It's really hard. The town I'm talking about is Harrison, Arkansas. It's really hard to be, a non-religious person in that town. Yeah. You almost feel like you have to come out to people. Like it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, no, there's that, a secret about me that you need to know. Yeah, I'm an atheist, that's the way that somebody described. So um, one of my first clients who was uh, had religious trauma, and mm-hmm. I hadn't, I didn't know what that was yet um, in my practice. 
So they were from Brant, the Branson area. So okay. like pretty close to Harrison, right? Right. Like, 30 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that they were like between Harrison and so like kind of quiverful. Okay. Think like that. Very so strict. for those of you who don't know, Quiverful is a religious movement where basically Just the dubbers. concept is that you have as many children as possible and raise them as good Christian children so they can spread the, the faith and have as many children as they can have. And it's, I don't know, it, we can go into that in a second, but go on. <laughs> yeah. So um, she was, she had stopped believing uh, mm-hmm. in, in uh, the word of God. <laughs> I was going to say praise Jesus. I won't. This chair makes such squeaks. I'm sorry. Quit moving around so, so much. <laughs> uh, so uh, she was telling me about... Um, I got, I compl- I'm so sorry. I it's fine. Out. The Quiverful girl okay, in Branson yeah, sure, sure, was sure, telling sure, you sure. about what? Um, like they were talking about coming out to their parents mm-hmm. and and like how coming out um coming as out as non-religious non-religious um that that felt easier to them than coming out as democrat like that they can imagine coming out to their parents as like not religious and it was mm-hmm. really scary and we had to really work through it but coming out to them as not republican was like terrifying right so like, i have scary. a i have a family member who came out to their parent as Mm non-christian and they basically said to their mother um there's something i need to tell you and the mother was immediately like oh no you're pregnant and she was single at the time and she goes no i just i'm not a christian and then the mom was like i would have rather you told me that you were pregnant yeah during during trump's second run Mm -hmm. for office uh i had a client at the time whose father was a pastor in missouri who had somebody take her to the polls to vote. Okay. And that was going to stand with her to make sure who she voted for. Oh, my God. That's terrible. I know. That's voter intimidation. Yeah. And that's probably illegal. Well, I had <laughs> quite a few people tell me that. That's wow. how... That's where we live. Yeah, that's where we live. That gives you kind of an idea of, like, uh, the culture. Right. And so you have a lot of women in, and I would say between that 35 and 45 age range, even though I've talked to women that are younger, I've talked to women that are older, that are all kind of coming out of this. And it seems like it's like a flood, like the floodgates almost have opened. And and I've been out of the dating scene for like five years until just recently. Yeah. And those women, uh, it seems like, and men, and theys, and thems, and all those all right. the people who um, are kind of emerging from that were kind of children of like the evangelical mm-hmm. 90s force of right. like Jesus camp, uh, you know, Puritan bullshit. Absolutely. I mean, I've, trauma. I've gone to, <laughs> like, exactly, like, exactly. Like and and I, I have probably some mild religious trauma. I could only imagine how much worse it could have been for, especially women, especially LGBTQIA youth. For sure. Uh, growing Absolutely. up in a church. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I had, I've had multiple crises of faith before I was ever an adult. Yeah. Right. So. If that tells you guys anything, but I mean, we're, I've probably we're... Didn't been to church. So just to get a just to get an understanding, I probably been to church in my whole life five times. Wow, <laughs> that's including weddings. Uh, the the last church I was in was in a mega church, and I was com- com- why were you there? I was coming down on acid trip <laughs> and got singled out by the preacher. How old were you? 
18. Wow. 19. So it's been a minute since you've been in that church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. So what do you think? I mean, do you think it's just becoming more and more common these days for women to kind of just or for anyone Mm -hmm. really just to kind of leave the church? I think that um, and explore both women things. and men mm-hmm. uh, and everything in between, just all the genders. I think people are um, st- like, whereas before, um, maybe there was like a less less of an obvious overlap with church and state, right? Um, and like uh, politicians being kind of um, aggressive with like, you know, I don't know, like. I think that women are at a huge disadvantage and they're starting to really recognize that. And they're starting to kind of go, well, I'm, I'm still having to do everything and I'm still having to work. And sorry, um, it's, this is an uncomfortable topic. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know. I don't know what is making me uncomfortable about this topic, but I feel like. About religion and dating or <laughs> I think women like, walking away or women walking people away. walking away. Yeah, people religion. walking away. And, and like because women, women and, are being oppressed yeah. by these religions because the way I see it. I, I think what my problem is is that we're using the words men and women and it's oh. like really fucking with me. And oh, it's like I'm sorry. so I feel very much like we're in this like People. trap of using men and women People. and it's not just men and women. And so I'm like, I don't know, I want to get out of this. It's everyone. Okay. Um like there are very few people right now that are actually um very few young young people right now who are actually benefiting from those systems. And that is becoming very evident. And there, and the more and more that people are able to identify, especially um, in on a gender spectrum as well as like a neurodivergent spectrum, more people mm-hmm. are going to start questioning things and going. And the more access we have to resources and the more access we have to information, the more that's just going to continue to happen. And instead of people who are leaders in those roles welcoming those people and trying to find a way to connect and help everyone – they are continuing to double down on like uh, queer people being centers and all these things. Right. And, and drag shows are getting banned. Yeah. And, and it's really affecting uh, a lot of things. But like for community in particular, where we live, what it is doing is it is affecting our businesses. <laughs> like our businesses that are not supporting LGBT people and not supporting young people are going to fail our community uh, because How people so? will continue to move away. Oh, for them Young leaving. people will leave. And we live in a college town and we have a lot of potential in this city for gr- greatness, honestly. And we just drive people away because wow. of this bullshit religious shit. I mean, right. Honestly. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I walked away. The thing is, is I walked away in my teens. Yeah. Okay. And I'm meeting a lot of people right now mm-hmm. that are my age that just recently walked away from me. Yeah. I'm and working with a lot of people I, who are doing that. I can't imagine what it's like. And in a way, and I was telling this person that I saw earlier today, in a way, I was like, I'm kind of jealous of you right now because you're getting to experience a lot of things that, you know, for the first time as an adult mm-hmm. that maybe I experienced a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because I've met people that grew up in extremely oppressive and sheltered childhoods. Yeah. People that homeschooled their entire life. I had an adult person ask me, how do you find music that you like? Because all they ever listened to was like worship music, worship music and piano music at home. And so 
it seems like there's all these, and in my experience, I'm talking to women, yeah. so I can't really I had speak to the, the men, but it seems like in my experience, there's all these people just kind of just stepping out into yeah. the world for the first time, and they're grown-ass adults. Uh-huh. A lot of them have children yeah. already, and had these whole other lives as these whole other people that they were pressured into uh-huh. um, being just right at 18, get married, have children, <laughs> yeah, those so, kinds of things. Uh, I don't learn – not very often do I learn something new. Um, or I, That's not true. I learn new things all the time. Not very often do I hear something about leaving religion that I haven't heard before. And the other day I heard something new from a client who told me that their decision to uh, separate from their – religious identity was the aesthetics the aesthetics they did not like the art they did not like the music (laughs) uh they did not like the style (laughs) wow Uh, and i was like that's a that's a mate that's the best reason i've ever heard um but i was i was taken aback because i'm like i've heard a lot of things from a lot of people as to why like what influenced their decision on like why to leave religion and i've never heard somebody just go the aesthetics bro Wow, that's pretty. And interesting. I was like, I love that, and I now I have a new thing to hyperfixate on, and 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 research. church aesthetics, yeah. religious aesthetics. That's that would be kind of interesting, and I definitely want to do an episode with you in the future where we dive more into yeah. religion and religious trauma. But I kind of want to stay on topic, yeah, right now because um, we're already halfway over. All right, so we kind of got off onto a little tangent there about let's reel back religion. In. So we're gonna reel it back in. Reel um, it. Talk to me about your experience as, you know, entering the dating life after not really dating at all and getting okay. married and then. So three years ago in December, so December 2019, um, I moved out of my ex's house and moved into the house I'm living in now. And um, a few months after that is when I probably started dating, like started like. Uh, got a Tinder, right? Right, meeting people and... I mean, I got a Tinder. I wasn't meeting anybody, <laughs> but I did get a Tinder. Um, that was back when you could send pictures. Oh, yeah. On Tinder, so people can uh, relish in the fucking nostalgia of Tinder with pictures. I wonder why they took that feature away. I mean, away. I'll tell you why in just a second. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think it was directly related to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me hear it. Um. So, what... So, like, uh, I got Tinder, and every – Sarah can attest to this. Every picture that I got from a match mm-hmm. – so, I would match with somebody, and then immediately I would get a picture, and that picture would be of a butthole. <laughs> and, a, and behind that picture would be a man asking me to peg him. Wow. Every <laughs> single picture. Sarah, how many do you think I got? At least five. And at I, least five. Oh, more, Buttholes. More than that, but at least five. But. No, like, hey, how you doing? Buttholes. <laughs> My name's Will Steve. Will you peg me? Kinda yeah. Nice to meet you. No name. Just, mm. here's my butthole. So I... Stick it in. Yeah. Please. So how do you respond to that? I didn't. <laughs> um, I stopped Tinder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how I responded to that. And um, that was during the time where I learned that I was not straight. Okay. Um... I started talking to Sarah about, like, uh, maybe I should date women. And then I was like, I mean, I'm not gay, but, like, everybody likes women. Everybody Mm -hmm. thinks women are attractive. Everybody loves boobs. And she was like, no, bro, that's not true. That is not how everybody is. 
you probably are a little gay. I would agree. You should Google that. <laughs> and then I did. And then that was similar to like the, that was kind of similar to my experience learning I was non-binary. It was like, and, and also poly, where it was like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe this is more what the deal is. So how did that change kind of your approach to dating after that? Well, then I opened up uh, um, an account on her, which is like a, a female, uh, it's like, it's like maybe like grinder for, for women. And so I opened up a, an account there and I started meeting women and I started dating women. Um, and I started dating, um, non-binary people and kind of explored myself, like explored that. And so here I am, poly, non-binary, queer. <laughs> individual <laughs> like many others who uh, were birthed out of the pandemic right so how do you or i guess as someone who's <laughs> dating across like the gender spectrum yeah, yeah, yeah. what would you say without of course going into any like personal details of anyone that you've met but like what would be some kind of pet peeves or even some <clears throat> common things or themes that you see across Dating profiles. Um, like, I think that the most common theme I see is just uh, a, an obvious desire from a lot of people to connect and mm-hmm. to have a connection, but not a lot of, like, intrinsic motivation. What do you mean? With follow through. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so, like, you have, like, motivation, right? Intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. Uh, intrinsic is, like, um, things that push you forward and motivate you internally. Like, because okay. you want to do them. Extrinsic is, like, you're externally motivated to do something, right? And so, like, intrinsic motivation, like, in terms of, like, dating would be, like, um, you're, like, you're motivated internally to date other people and connect with other people because of the value that that brings you and that you bring to others. Right. Extrinsic motivation would be like maybe sex or uh, dinner. Like, okay. (laughs) Like those kinds of things, like outside, external. Speaking of dinner, I hate dinner dates. I've never been on one. They're the worst. They, they always end in disaster. I, I keep saying I'm not, you know, the last one I went on wasn't supposed to be a dinner date. It was supposed to be just meeting for drinks, maybe share an appetizer, but then extra entrees got ordered, and then it just went to a disaster after that. What happened? I want to know. Oh, I'm not going to get into it. What? (laughs) Why? It's just... Come on. uh, No. No, I'm not going to get into it. But... um, (laughs) Fine. But I'm I'm fine with dinner if it's like on the way to doing something else. Okay. But like meeting at a restaurant and then both leaving, going your separate ways after dinner, and trying to get to know someone while you're eating, I just hate I it. have a pretty, I absolutely yeah, hate it. I have a pretty like I have a pretty um, like I have a system mm-hmm. that I use. Uh, if it's like on a first date, mm-hmm. it's coffee, and I have something planned after. Okay, so I gotta go, uh, and then. That's something that I planned after. I don't really have anything planned after. Uh-huh. It's loose, but like that way I can be like, oh, well, I mean, I can stretch this if I want to. Right. And um, that's kind of how I. 30 minutes. That's how I try to do it. Yeah. Maybe not 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, 
try to, you know, meet for coffee. And, and in fact, I did that earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had something planned after. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Um, but I like that because it's informal. Mm-hmm. It's casual. And it kind of lets you kind of get to know the person without kind of a pressure yeah. to follow with, we're going to have a good time or they're going to ask me to go home with them or whatever. It's It's none of that. It's just we're going to meet. We're going to have coffee, maybe walk around, mm-hmm. maybe talk a little bit, maybe get to know each other. And then afterwards, let's plan something further on down the line if we feel like. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's a minimal investment. I mean, yeah. taking someone out to dinner is expensive. It is expensive. So how often do you plan a coffee date and you show up and the other person doesn't? It hasn't happened to me yet. Okay. I have not been stood up. They've. Um, there's been... Maybe one or two instances where they've canceled beforehand. Okay. You know, um, one person canceled like right as I was pulling up, mm. which I'm like, you could have told me this 20 minutes ago. I would have to leave my <laughs> house. <laughs> but right. I mean, I could have just stayed home. Right. <laughs> but um, that's kind of how I prefer to do it. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be the best way to go about it. Yeah. But again, like these... Super formal. I don't do that. Meet for dinner kind of thing. I mean, I'm all about taking someone out to dinner. Yeah. But let me meet you first. Let me yeah, see I if I want to. Wanna... I need to like see how you eat first. I like it. Let's go have coffee. And I want to see how you drink a cup of coffee. Right. Before be... I agree to be sitting across from you while you eat. Is it because of the mouth noises? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't. I Yeah. So that's that. So what are some things on your that you see on profiles that would immediately be like, I'm swiping left on this Holding person? Holding a dead animal of any kind. Okay. If there's a dead animal in your hands, left I go. I see that with, you know, I, so that's kind of like the running joke when you see women it's, posting about dating. Oh, it's women and um, But yes, you absolutely see women. Women are holding dead things. Holding too. fish and especially in the children, area we live. If there are children in the profile. Oh, absolutely. Nope. That to me is an indicator of poor judgment. Yes. Right, yes. because if especially if you have a child and you're showing your picture to strangers, yeah, and yeah. and that picture includes your child, you don't know if that I stranger ask, is. Yeah, I ask um, my kids consent when I post their pictures on Facebook. There I'm you go. Definitely not posting them on Tinder. Right, and <laughs> I would say a lot of the things. In fact, oh, I forgot. So. A callback to the previous episode, one of the questions that you had asked me was, what do you think women lie about yeah, yeah, yeah. on their dating profiles? And I couldn't think of a specific lie, but I do feel like there are some things that I was able to think of that are deceptive. Okay. And the main one, and I actually came across it after we recorded, was when it's them with another person in each picture and both people are the same and you can't tell who it is. But you always know which one it is. <laughs> I don't know. What you're, I, I don't know. I don't understand. So let's say that there is maybe someone like who... Like me and Sarah. Like I post a picture of me and Sarah. If every picture was you and Sarah. Okay. And you don't know who the person is, whether you can't tell who it is. But typically... In my experience, I know exactly who it is. It's the less attractive one that the oh profile so belongs confused. to. I thought you meant. So this is what I was thinking. So it's a deceptive. So they want you to swipe right on their friend, not knowing that you're the other person in the picture. I mean, I think that when you say that, this is where this is my perception. Okay. 
Um, this is what I think when I see that. That it's two people that are trying to get a unicorn. No, I'm talking about like, and this is what I see with single women, is you see a lot of girls that'll post pictures with their like best friend oh, or whatever. And that. those two people are in the exact same in all the pictures. So you don't know which person this profile belongs to. Oh, I've never seen I've never come across that. Cause probably because the people that you look for in the demographics don't do those kinds of things, I would imagine. Well, I, I mean, I have, I see women. Yeah, but maybe the ones that are looking for other women, maybe don't do those things. Oh, maybe. Maybe they're. I, I don't know. I don't know what the the motivation yeah, is. Yeah, I don't either. Beyond That's it, curious. But it makes me feel like they're ashamed of themselves, and that maybe that they don't think that someone would swipe right <coughs> on them Excuse with me. just a picture of them. Oh, okay, and gotcha. Not someone else. I was very slow to follow that. I'm very sorry. That took me a really long time. <laughs> It's okay. No, I don't get it now, though. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Um, so I see that. Uh, it's not something I see all the time. Yeah. But I also see profiles, of course, where there's no picture at all. Where it's like a picture of like a dragon or a sunflower. Yeah, those or are people who don't sunset. want their face to be shown. Right. And I'm wondering, is it because maybe they're they with somebody and they don't yes, want to get caught? Every time. Or you don't think it's a self-esteem issue no. to where they don't want... No, I think that they're cheating on their significant other. Really? Yeah. Okay. Do you come across a lot of profiles like that? Yep. It's pretty common. Yeah. I mean, I like I said before, one of the pictures that was sent to me before was a man's asshole with his wife in the background. <clears throat> so, yeah. I do wow. think so. He probably didn't have a picture of himself in the back, like in the in the profile. Wow. But I, yeah, so I think that um, one of the most deceptive things that I've seen is men who say they're poly and they're not. Okay. Can you go into more, like, what do we call those? Mm-hmm. Cowboys? Is that what it's called? I guess. Is that like Where really? people will try and date poly people and then try and pull them into a monogamous relationship. Oh, I believe cowboys? Cowboys and cowgirls. I believe like that's lasso? the... Yeah, I guess. I didn't really, never made that I connection. Think, but I have not... Um, yeah, that's a lie. I've dated women who have done that too. Um, I think that it's like... I don't want to give them a label of cowboy because that feels Right. Gross. I'm just saying um, that's the... But what I will say is this. I think that it is more of like people who like the idea of what Polly sounds like mm-hmm. without actually doing any of the research about what it means and what it is and how to practice it ethically. And then they put on their profile that they're Polly. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because they try and rope you into a... I mean, I like, I don't know if they try to rope me in, but it's very clear that they have not researched or learned what it means to be poly and, like, what the, like, um, like what the ethical way to practice that is to so that you're not harming people. No, I get you. Yeah. And, like, and so it just, they say that they're poly or they say that they uh, date poly, uh, but they are not and they don't actually know anything about polyamory at all right those are liars (laughs) (laughs) i would say another another misconception because i always swipe i always swipe left on anyone who has conservative in their profile Mm -hmm. that's just a a, that is just not before you message them not before no i don't message them the concern it's so here's here's the deception because i don't swipe right on people that have conservative in their profile but what i've found recently is Moderate means conservative. Absolutely. You just <laughs> moderate found that out does recently? not mean you moderate just found that at out all. Recently? I did. I try to take things at face value. I'm sorry. That's just how I am. I mean, okay. um, I think I could look at a profile 
and not read any of the words on the profile. Just look at the pictures. And nine times out of, I was going to say ten. I'm going to say nine. Nine times out of nine. I can tell you if it's conservative, really, or liberal. Absolutely. So what do you what do you look for? How do you, how would you <laughs> how would you see a picture of me versus a picture of a conservative and say you know Eric is a liberal and this person is a conservative? What what is the dead giveaway? What are the telltale signs? Um, are like is there a, is there are there any guns in your profile? Okay. Are you holding them and do, are, you know, like are you holding them like you would hold your dick? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. How proud of you are, like, how proud of your guns are you? Uh, a flag. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, a flag with a blue line in the middle. Oh, that reminds me of a, yes. a a first date I went on with someone where I walked her back to her car and she had the thin blue line flag and I never talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, uh, my, um, yeah, so uh, I, like, what else? Um, if they have a... Um, Sometimes they'll have pictures of the back of their car with their stickers on it. Uh huh. That's a clear indicator. Uh, uh, why would you put? A, why would you do that on a I dating profile? Listen, that, that makes I no sense. I see all kinds of stuff. I feel like I could pull my phone out right now and just like tell you immediately all of the red flags just by going, pulling up my Tinder. Here, I'll read you my my most favorite message I ever got on Tinder. Go for it. I'd love to hear it. I'm gonna read you the interaction. Okay. This is from Steve. Steve says, <clears throat> "Hey, lady." How is your kitty? Meow, meow. Like K-I-T-T-Y. K-I-T-T-Y. How is your kitty? Meow, meow. Doing. No, and it's a period, not a question mark. Mm -hmm. Also, good morning. (laughs) Meow. I said, Steve, this is not a strong opener. (laughs) Steve replies, ha, 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 (laughs) ha. Yeah, I don't care. Have a wonderful journey, miss. Winky face. Meow. F. Just got back from vacation and smoked the island weed that Jesus stole from you sinners. Also, Moses says meow. Okay, this... And then I said meow. And then he says, what in the fuck is up with dating apps? <laughs> Been years and years since being single and every chick is just whoring for attention and then disappears when actually talking about hanging out. Wow. That's Steve. He kind of had a meltdown, didn't he? He fucking lost his shit, man. So I... um have especially lately been really quick to shut a conversation down. Okay. What does that that look like? So uh, most of the time it's just because the conversation isn't going anywhere. Like boring? It's boring. And, you know, I'm trying – so here's a a good example. I matched with this girl. Her very first – she sent the first message. Mm -hmm. Her message to me, the first message was, you look like you could be a great conversationalist. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Because I like having a, a great conversation right? with somebody. Absolutely. I mean, here we are right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm, my name is Eric, whatever. And I'm trying to ask her. And I ask her a question related to something on her profile. I think yeah. she was into like gardening or something. So I asked her a question about that. I get like a one or two word response. So then I try and ask her another question, you know. Did have you know? Are you right. from the area? Did you grow up here? Whatever. Just trying to like learn yeah. anything. This and, and and again, one or two word response. And I try to have another ask another. You question. tried again. That's too many times. I know, right? And then she responds. Uh, this is starting to feel like an interrogation. And I said, that tends to happen mm-hmm. when one person carries the entire conversation. And she responded back with something like, oh, come on, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I unmatched with her. I didn't even respond. 
You know, and it just kind of blows me away how you're going to message somebody that says your opener is going to say you seem like you would be a good conversationalist. And so you try to have a conversation and they just don't even participate in it do you think that, whatsoever. Do you think that she was trolling you? I have no idea. Maybe she was, you know. Um, but since then... Within like three or four messages, if it's one or two word responses, I'll message them. I say it doesn't look like this conversation is really going anywhere. Why do you message that? Good luck out there. And why do you message that? Because I want them to know I'm not interested at that point. I mean, wouldn't unmatching them do that? I want them to know. I mean, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't they know by you unmatching them? Possibly, possibly, but I I want them to it see. It seems that. like a little petty. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, maybe it is. I mean, and it's like time and energy. Maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't spend that much time and energy telling someone that they suck at having yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, if we've learned anything today. It is. It's that I'm petty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we learned that. We already we reviewed. That. We reviewed. We reviewed that I'm petty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are some petty ready. things you do? Oh, fuck. Like, I, I, I mean... I don't know. What are what I mean? What are ways that are petty? Do you think? I don't know. Sarah, what? Are, how am I petty? On Reddit. Oh. On Reddit. What's when up? you won't let it go. I don't want to talk about my Reddit. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> this is a great segue. Okay. Um, because you know we how- thought of a segment, um, for the uh, show. Yeah. And this is something that we're gonna do on this episode and the next one. I think we should just do one. And. Yes. Okay. We're going to do one this episode, okay. then we're going to do Perfect. another one on the next one. Perfect. That's how this works. That's how it works. Because we only have 10 minutes left. Okay, let's do it. Um, so it's going to be like a guess the outcome. So we were sent a um, best of Redditor update. Yeah. And we don't know what the outcome is, but the outcome is here. So we are going to guess yeah. what the outcome is. So I haven't I'm gonna, read it at all. I'm not going to I'm going to pull it up and I will read it. And okay. so this is... This is the one. Oh, this is the one. Yeah. I have strong opinions about this one. Okay. Which one is it? Am I the asshole for not wanting my sons to always come second after my daughter? Okay. All right. So I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> Sorry. That wording. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> we can go on. All right. <laughs> the wording of that, though. <laughs> so... The, the person who's writing, 32 male, okay. wife is 33 female. Okay. Um, they have three kids. They have twin boys. They're 10 okay. years old and one girl, eight okay. years old. Okay. Gotcha. And goes on, normally all of them are sweet, obedient, and nice. I consider myself lucky with them. I have an issue with the word obedient just in I mean, general. But, you know, let's move agreed. on. Agreed. We agree. Um, but since a few months i have noticed that my sons are doing everything according to the wishes of my daughter she wants to play mini golf instead of going to the cinema they say yes she wants to play tea time with them instead of soccer they love soccer and they say yes not doing sports but sitting in their sister's room to drink tea Uh, they literally treat her like their princess and always putting her wishes over theirs and they get nothing in return. My daughter is acting like an entitled brat and never asks her brothers what they want to do or play. 
Sounds like an eight-year-old to me. <laughs> when I talked to my wife with this, she just said how cute the twins were for adoring their sister so much. And that is a good and healthy for them being around her all the time. Her presence is, quote-unquote, civilizing them. She really said this as if my sons were savages without their sister. She told me not to intervene in their relationship, so I let it go. Yesterday, we went Saturday shopping, and I allowed each of the kids to buy something nice for them. My daughter picked a pair of very expensive rain boots. I told her that she can have something like that for her birthday, and she started to cry. And what happened? Her knights showed up and said that they would buy nothing so she could have the boots. My wife of course, said, aw, how sweet of you. This was the moment I exploded and said, nobody is getting anything and we are going home. When we arrived, my wife called me an asshole who's trying to turn his own children against each other. I told her that she is a hypocrite. If the roles were reversed, she would be furious, but since it's the girl who is getting her way, it is okay. We haven't really talked since. Am I the asshole for standing up for my sons and revealing my wife's favoritism and hypocrisy? And then there's an, an addendum and an edit. To be clear, I never told my sons to stop being nice to their sister. I was careful when talking to them, even when I asked about their mom's role in all of this. I never told them to stop playing with her, and I did not really explain yesterday's punishment. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to so, read... So, hold on. I was going to... Oh, you're going to read the comments? I was going to read his up, his reply to a question. Okay, so yeah, the if you want to go through the comments yeah. part of it... so. Somebody comments, uh, have you talked to your sons? Ask them why they indulged their sister. This is, this is his reply. Yes, I have talked to them several times. They said that their sister feels sad when they are not playing with her. Playing with her, of course, means playing whatever she wants and never what they want. And that they like spending time with her and making her a part of them. I directly asked them if their mother has her fingers in this and instructed them to act this way. They said she didn't, but I can feel that something is going on behind my back. Okay. <clears throat> it sounds like he has some deep-seated issues here because he seems to be the only one out of this whole family who has an issue, who has a problem with it. Uh, did you want to look at some of these other questions and replies? Um, I'm, <clears throat> I, th- I mean, basically a few people call him misogynistic mm-hmm. and he responds and says he feels like his wife is the one who's sexist. Um, and then there's some updates within the post. Do you want me to read any of those? So, uh, so the verdict was... Yes, because so, I didn't read that part. Okay. I went yeah, to on. the end of the comments. I didn't read right. those. So the verdict from that post was that he is the asshole. And I agree. I agree that he's okay, the asshole. So I don't know that I agree. Really? Yeah. Okay. I want to know real quick. Sarah, do you agree? <clears throat> do you think he's the asshole? Um, I think yes and. Yeah, I think, I think that he um, he is behaving in an, in a way that is incompetent, um, and if he has an issue with like what's going on, then he needs to figure out a way to communicate why he's upset, and mm-hmm. he has not done that effectively. I think that he is upset, and I do agree. I when I was young, uh, my sister was a year older than me, and if I ever wanted to play, I I mean like. At the risk of anybody listening to this ever, <laughs> I'm going to say something that might be harsh. Go ahead. Uh, um, like, we always did what she wanted to do. 
And I think that it had a negative impact on me. And I do think that he is concerned about his sons not ever getting to, like, choose what they do. And, like, I think it's okay that they love their sister and they want to play with her. But I also think that he needs to be, like, doing his part by, like, taking his sons to do stuff that they want to do maybe without their sister. Right. And so, I think that's okay. that's healthy for sure. The way um, that him and his wife communicate are communicating, though, is very toxic. It sounds like he... Suspects her wife. Like, what I see is that he, like, suspects her of encouraging that behavior. I think he might. Even though the kids are telling him no. She, he believes that his and his wife might, is somehow doing this. And that could this. be happening. I don't know. Right. So These take us updates. through the updates. Okay. Within the, Here's within an the update. Post. I called my wife from work and apologized for my behavior. She was happy about my call and forgave me. I I went to the stores after work and bought the boots for my daughter and a nice big Lego set for the twins, which they can build up with their baby sister. I will tell my boys it was and is noble of them to think so much of their little, of their sister. And that I am proud of them for including her so perfectly and being gentlemen around her. I will not do anything to change the dynamic of their relationship. And I feel like an asshole, an idiot for considering it in the first place. I love my daughter, but my comments here were written so poorly. And I understand the accusations of sexism. Final update. <clears throat> my wife and I had a very good chat with our daughter. We encouraged her to take her brother's needs also into consideration when planning their activities and return their generosity and care, with generosity and care. She was very understanding. We made clear that we love to see them together and that nothing at this point has to change. My wife and I agreed silently to monitor the situation. Last point, I do dad and daughter weekend next month and my wife will do a mom and son next weekend. Thanks to everyone for expressing your opinion. I think that's an awesome update. Yeah, it's a really good update. I think it's really good that he posted there because I do think it was something that needed to be addressed within their family system. Mm -hmm. And then I think that it will benefit their kids in a really good way that they that that was addressed, even though he did it clumsily and was an asshole in the process of it. I mean, at least he can acknowledge at least he can acknowledge it and say, like, I'm uncomfortable, though. And like something needs, you know, like this needs to be acknowledged. And like the kid, like the boys need to have like some kind of like outlet so that they can do what they want something that's kind of like their thing yeah as opposed to it always being the daughter's yeah okay i mean that's that seems like a healthy resolution then and hopefully it continues to go in the same direction he didn't really he didn't really talk about why he suspected his wife probably because she wasn't with his wife's fingers and everything is what he said i mean probably because she was ignoring him and like probably because the way that he was approaching it was asshole-ish. Right. And then, you know, when you see that he called her and he apologizes for his behavior, then it seems like they were able to talk about things and compromise. People are really scared of having hard conversations. Hard conversations are hard. Yeah. But they they have to happen. And they have to happen. Mm -hmm. But not on the first date, right? No. No. No, not on the first date. No hard conversations on the first date. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our second episode. So if you... Uh, so now that we have released this to the public, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, uh, you'll see the link typically under the description for wherever you're downloading this podcast on. We're on multiple platforms. Um, we would like to play those on the show, perhaps respond to them. Um, if you want to send us any questions, you can at neurodetergent.pod at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye.